Welcome to the Shoulder Strikes MMA Podcast. You are now listening to the Hot Take Hot Box. Welcome to the Shoulder Strikes MMA Podcast. You are now listening to the Hot Take Hot Box. Ladies and gentlemen, it is the Shoulder Strikes MMA Podcast. This is episode 128. It's crazy that we are just pumping these things out, ladies and gentlemen, but... My name is Matt McSweeney. Like I said, Shoulder Strikes MMA Podcast, brought to you by the Hot Take Hot Box. I'm joined by Ty Capone. Ty, how are you feeling today? Pretty good. Pretty good on this this nice Friday we have. The sun is just, um, it's pretty unbearable. I'm getting to the point that, uh, I don't know, I've just, I think, given up on going outside anymore. It just, it, it gets hotter every day. Yeah. Every day of this world, the sun is burning us alive. Well, yep, you're down there. You're down there near, close to the equator than I am. So it's, uh, I'm it's sure close it gets, to the sun. Yeah, it gets like. a little hot. I'll tell you where else it gets hot. It's going to get hot in the apex, I think. Are they in the apex this weekend? Yeah. Uh, it's going to get hot in the apex. Come on. You know they got to come back to their home. <laughs> got to come back Fuck to their home go. for this filth, absolute <laughs> filth box card that they have going on this weekend. Headlined by Vicente yeah. Luque. And Rafael Dos Anjos. Where's Sean Shelby at, huh? Yeah. Or Mick Maynard. Where's one of them? Yeah, one of those we guys. We don't put on bad cards. Like, you just, you know, be honest about it. It's okay. Cub Swanson's the co-main event. You're going to tell me this card's not bad. Yeah, give me a, you know. Give me a fucking break is what uh, you you were about to say. But uh, I guess we should just get right into it, right? Uh, no, no point in uh, beating around the bush, ladies and gentlemen. We have some Bellator this weekend, which... I don't think either one of us care all that much about, but I, I'm sure we'll talk uh, about it. On I the kind back of, no, There's some good fights, I but I, I don't care if I had to be not, if I had to be frank about it. But like, kind of. First off, a 17 fight card is just it's too much. That's I mean, come on. You got to tell somebody, yo, you got to pull out with uh, you know a staph infection or COVID or something. It They're in like, Sioux Falls. Oh jeez. And Logan Storley is from South Dakota, so that's cool. Brennan Ward had that like five year drug addiction stint. He's a cool story. Other than that, there's you know James Gallagher is fighting your boy. Yeah. Not um, <laughs> there's a couple guys buried on the prelims. That's Justine cool, Kish. But yeah, the girl that shit herself, right? Um, a couple college wrestlers making their Bellator debut, their pro pro debut, because Bellator loves signing college wrestlers. That's literally all they do. Um, but yeah, I mean it, it's deep. It should be kind of fun. There's decent matchups. There's a bunch of names, but. Other than that, you know, I'm just waiting on the Bellator PFL merger at this point. And it seems like it's on the horizon. Uh, they're they're kind of promoting UFC or sorry Bellator 300 as like this is the end. It ends here or something. I saw on one of the posters. So it looks <laughs> like terrifying. And it looks like the card's going to be a fucking banger. So that will definitely you'll have me watching. But four uh, title fights. Yeah, uh, which crazy. Hey, like no complaints here. But I don't know what they really mean when the next day they're kind of just going to be out in the <laughs> yeah. ether. Uh, I actually, for the record, before that happens, love Bellator way more than I love PFL because I just hate the whole PFL, regular season. I think that shit is garbage. They and, tried something different and it didn't work, you know. And they it's they had some momentum because they were a World Series of fighting. That's where Justin Gaethje came from. That's where a lot of people came from, and it was fun. And then they tried this, you know, we're gonna have an MLB type schedule. It's like, bro, what are you talking about? Like that's that's not how this works. This is an individual sport, and it's a brutal individual sport. Um, and yeah, they're. Also, their whole they, they they have all these signings, and their kind of their thing was, you know, we're not going to drug test. We're going to get that's how we're going to you know steal some big names, and then they drug test, and then everybody pops, and it's like, well, 
what are you guys doing? It's a smart cage. We don't know how smart it really is. I don't know. Everything's promoted. If the guy goes to grab a sandwich, it's promoted by Jimmy John's. If the guy goes to go take a bath or take a piss break, it's it's promoted by Manscaped. You're like, all right, well, yeah, I, I get it, guys. You know, we're out. trying to grease this for all the money we can, but can we just chill the fuck out yeah. for a little bit? I guess I'm asking, but yeah, Bellator is a better name, also, which is not a great name, but at least it's better. No, I'm with you. Uh, they should just roll it back to Strike Force, which was a, a great Honestly. name, but I believe Four they strike. sold the rights to that. But who knows? Ladies and gentlemen, we have a UFC big time. I mean, this is the card of the year that people are going to say uh, after. I'm not going to wait. You know, I, I'm going to sit here and just fuck around with all these fucking bullshit. This card's garbage. Let me just go out and say from the very from the jump from the rip, not a good card, ladies and gentlemen. Okay, there's 13 fights. I think there's maybe two or three of them that are kind of interesting or will have you being have like any kind of implication. Yeah, exactly. Right? Is anyone uh, even ranked on this card other than other than the top of the card? Website. I don't. Th- I really don't think so. But I, I mean, maybe maybe Pauliana Viana is. Uh, oh know, Christ! Who knows? She wants to wear her fucking uh, Naruto fucking headband and shit into the uh, octagon. Which yeah, they told her so no, no, no. Yeah, so shocked by that, Chris, right? Chris Dawkins ranked a light heavyweight. That's good. Yeah, he's saying that he could. Uh, what's it called? Drop down to eighty five at some point, which then I saw I saw the picture of him at two or five. I said, "Yeah, you definitely have some more to give there, man." I mean, he's he's still got still got them. I mean, as a man who has some titties, which is myself, that man has some titties. So is he is he gonna fight his brother at one eighty five? I I I hope not. I mean, his brother's CFFC. I think fighting you know God knows who. Shout out to he fought Jonathan Webb at one point, which was I don't know why those two were in the same cage because I feel like. Dawkins is much bigger than Webb, but also Chris Dawkins fought Danny Holmes, pride of Washington Township, New Jersey. Graduated with my brother. Yeah, I think he was friends with my brother back in high school. Um, he apparently used to beat up people all the time, like it was nothing. Oh, but, I'm sure. Uh, Chris Dawkins. Chris Dawkins took care of him. Oh, that's for sure. Well, you know, when you when you start getting into UFC game, there's a lot of people who have been beating people up for a very long time. Who uh, <laughs> yeah. they just started to tried to make their career out of it, but. Rafael Dos Anjos, former lightweight champion. He's fighting Vicente Luque, who is known for just ready to, brings the war, I guess you can say. And, uh, you know, we're going to talk about some of the stuff that he's been going through recently. But Dos Anjos is a slight favorite here. I, I was shocked by this line. I thought it would be much more. I thought Dos Anjos would be a bigger favorite than he is in this one. He is a minus 120 favorite. To Vicente Luque's plus one, or I'm sorry, minus one hundred two, uh, plus one hundred. It, it really kind of varies, but it's around that area. Right away, I gotta say, I think I'm betting Dos Anjos money line. I, I think that is uh, about as good a, a number as you can get on this entire card. But uh, you know, like we're gonna talk about Vicente Luque. Was he coming off of a brain bleed? Yeah, a nice little brain hemorrhage he had against Jeff Neal. Which he got, he got he got cleared. So like I don't know, you know, I'm not a doctor, but that's that that's just a huge, huge red flag to me. I mean, you know, uh this isn't Conor McGregor, but RDA you know, he, he throws with dangerous intent. He doesn't have much power, but he has a nice left hand. Uh, solid solid uh, uh South Paul boxing. But dude, I mean that's just that's yeah, it's terrifying to hear it. Powell's like thirty one. Like that, you know. He, he's also starting to look shop worn. Like it's not even that that just randomly happened. Like 
he's he's really starting to slow down. I mean, he was. I mean, Jeff Neal beat the shit out of him. Bilal Muhammad also did. Like, I don't know, man. I, I just don't think he's. You know, he has he has some he has some good uh, offense. He has some good things in his game. He can submit you as a nasty dar stroke, uh, nasty front strokes in general, good kicks, but he's just really easy to hit nowadays. Yeah. And coming off of like you know brain hemorrhaging, I just I don't know how I'm supposed to, you know, think he's going to win or bet on him or rely on him at all. I think he's. I think he's more unreliable than RDA. You know, RDA, the, the fight with Aziv, that wasn't great. Uh, and the Barbarina fight was just an absolute layup. Um, but I think the Moicano fight was tailor-made for him. But I don't know. He, he's getting really 38, 39. I think he's a bit undersized here at 170. Um, but I don't think he's completely done. I think he still has a little bit left in him. It's not his A game. It's not, you know, best the best of him, but... I think he still has a little bit he can squeeze out. I also don't think he'll need it against Luke, which I know Luke is going to be much bigger than him, which is somewhat of a factor, I guess. But I don't know. I, like you said, I I think Luke just gets hit way too easily, and it's not going to get better with the amount of wars that this guy has been in over recent like recent years. Yeah, you he can gets just, taken down. Like I, I know he has good subs, but like you know. Well, RDA is not going to be no slouch on the ground either. Like uh, in relation yeah. to getting submitted, I, he's only been submitted one time in his entire career. So I don't. He takes everybody down except for uh, Chiesa. Yeah, and, and Leon, and Leon, but and exactly those are two. You know, not exactly. You, you know, Chiesa being his own kind of animal, but that, he's that's grappling is his thing. I don't know if Luke necessarily, although he can, don't think that's his you know bread and butter. So yeah, lost to Jeff Neal, which was bad. That was ugly. He was getting beat up for a large portion of that fight before he even got put on his... He, got, he ended up going out on his face, basically. You know, the whole medical situation, which is concerning for sure. If this were uh, in a vacuum, and you looked at these numbers, okay, and you would say Luke is younger, he is bigger, he's got a 6-inch reach, 3-inch height, you know, he, he's the guy at 170. You know, uh, RDA has been going bouncing back and forth between weight classes. You would say, oh, well, Luke is the easy pick here. I just don't trust Luke a to, like you said, be able to keep this fight standing. And even if it were to stand for large portions, being able to pop that jab and do what needs to be done because Luke a has some of the worst defensive striking I've ever seen. And I don't know if it's on purpose. Like, I, I've never understood it. And the last time I bet him, which was probably in that Jeff Neal fight, or I don't even know if I did, but it was just, I remember saying to myself that day, I'm not doing this again. Like, this, this, that was an ugly, ugly night out. And I, I just, I can't, I can't do that to myself. And I, I, some part of me wants to stay away. Part of me thinks, like, I, I always like betting the bigger guy and the guy who has been at that weight class and it's not like, you know, a new thing to him, but it's not really a new thing to RDA. And RDA, I think if anybody's going to, be able to navigate the height disadvantage or the reach disadvantage, I think it's going to be him. So I'm going to go RDA Moneyline. And in the Bilal fight, uh, it's something to note that Luke got hurt a couple times to the body from body kicks, and RDA loves firing out some nice body kicks. So something to look for. Are you taking uh, RDA? Are you uh, you staying I'll away? I'll take RDA Moneyline. I think a, RDA decision is a nice uh, little prop parlay piece. I think I'm going to play that. Yeah, in a little DraftKings prop parlay. Um, Minus 120 I, 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 for the people out there. 
I feel like he could maybe finish him. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I, I think he's kind of like I said. He's he's probably almost at that point where he's done. RDA. I mean, he's had he's had a couple uh, surgeries. He's fought for so fucking long. I mean, dude, we were talking about from the podcast. 2008 he made his UFC debut. Um, 21, dude. He's 21 and 12 just in the UFC. Yeah. Like, you know, that's that's a lot more fights than people have. He's had a longer amateur. career than Vicente Luque has in his entire career, just in the UFC. Crazy. So and Luque's been around the block. Like yeah. Luque, I think, as an amateur, was fighting you know these killers. So or uh, on the regional scene. So um, I can't believe Vicente Luque lost to Hater Hassan. I thought that guy sucked. <laughs> that guy was terrible, was he not? I thought so. I mean, um, he lost, I guess, on the Ultimate Fighter. I forgot he was on, uh, and then he beat him afterwards. So there you go. You got it back. Yeah, I mean, maybe Luke can catch RDA in something because uh, you know I don't know how durable RDA is. It's just we haven't really seen him. You know, Barbarina was not ever going to beat him. That was just never going to happen. I, th- I think Mikano really just didn't have the uh, the structure in his game to beat him. So. We'll see. I mean, I think RDA is probably done. I just don't know, you know, when. I think both these guys are pretty much done, which is an interesting main event. Which makes it tough to bet. But yeah, I just I'm gonna trust that RDA's wrestling kind of uh, at least neutralizes or equalizes this fight. Any sort of height or reach advantage that Luke a may have is gonna be neutralized. I, I I do worry about him getting caught in a choke or something along those lines, but. You know, RDA, like we, we, like I said, he hasn't been subbed, you know, just once in his entire career. So uh, I'm not going to get all, all that worked up about this. And I don't even know when that submission loss was, which it probably was back in the day. So, yeah, uh, give me a, yeah, give us RDA money line. Lock it in. Uh, Cub Swanson, Hakeem Dawadu. Now, Hakeem Dawadu is really just mean Hakeem. You, a guy we really don't see all that often, it seems. Uh, well, at least we haven't seen him in a while. It's been almost a year since his loss to Julian Arosa, a win against yeah. Michael Trezano, which you know is a good win in theory because that guy. I mean, he's. It seems like he's tough to uh, outlast. He either wins or you know he or he loses. He's just kind of he's right there. I know it sounds stupid, but he just took sent Sung Woo Choi to the uh, shadow realm. So. <laughs> Uh, and a loss to uh, Movsar Evilev, so that and that's you know that has aged well uh, as much as a loss can. Cub Swanson, we know, older gentleman, definitely an older gentleman. Uh, you could argue he's probably cooked. Well, uh, I mean, we we probably would uh, agree with you if you said that. Uh, Dawudu has a two-inch reach advantage, and uh, I think minus two twenty-five favorite, uh, two thirty to uh, Swanson's plus one ninety on some uh, websites here. So I guess I'll ask you, Ty, what you think about this one first. Uh, I think Dawood would probably... <clears throat> I think you've probably decisions him. I think Cub could have like the submission grappling edge, but he doesn't really use it. He doesn't no. ever use it, I don't think. I'm, let me try to find some of his grappling stats. Yeah, I mean, he doesn't. there's not really many edit takedowns ever or attempts. Um, the only time he... <laughs> Oh man, I forgot when he fought Art Lobov. That was a main event. Yeah. Oh my god. And he didn't that's even finish bad. him. That's that's I don't even know what to say about that. But <clears throat> yeah, I mean he's he's completely five completely rounds, done. He, dude. Five rounds of that. <laughs> At least he landed like two hundred strikes. Um 
Yeah, I mean, you know, his last loss was by leg kicks. His last loss before that was by body kicks. So his durability is just from head to toe gone. Um, the problem with Dawadu is, man, he just doesn't really put, like he doesn't. He, he's quick. He has good striking. He has fast, very fast hands, but uh, very good footwork. But he doesn't hit hard, and I feel like he doesn't really push. He doesn't really, you know, chain together big combos. Like he'll throw a one-two, he'll throw some hooks, he'll throw nasty kicks, but. I don't know, man. He doesn't really just, uh, you know, throw a four, five, six punch combo like you'll see from like Yasmin Lucindo. I know, you know, completely crazy fighter, name but, to just drop in there, but uh, you know, just because he's on the card, but she's somebody that will throw like a seven punch combo. Uh, that would be just throws like two or three, and that's it. You know, he moves a lot, moves really well. Very good athlete. His defensive grappling, it's, it's a bit weak. It's a bit weak. Um, of his three losses, or his one loss, or. Is in the U.S. I think it was his debut. Yeah, Danny Henry guillotined him quick, easy. Um, so that that kind of worries me. He had a very tough fight with Kyle Bokniak. He finished that dude Yoshihori Yoshinori Hori. That's his only finish in the UFC. It's really his only finish in a long time. I think that and that guy wasn't good. He had a couple of splits. He uh, I don't know, man. He, he fights on thin margins a lot. It seems like. <clears throat> so I think maybe like Cub still has power. Um, Cub has some subs. But I just I, I don't think he has many many uh, many wins left in it. I mean, yeah, Darren Elkins a couple of years ago, but that was almost two years ago, and Darren Elkins is more cooked than he was. You know what I mean? So yeah, <clears throat> I, I I don't really love this fight. I do like Dawudu, but he's kind of disappointed me, disappointed a lot of people lately. Really, honestly, since that head kick knockout, uh, he's really just been kind of boring. So I, I think he's going to win a decision here. I think he's going to outstrike him, maybe win a kickboxing match at range, maybe lose a round or. Parts of a round of Cub can use grappling. I think he could definitely steal a fight. Honestly, I just don't think he's going to do it. But we'll see. He's he's a vet. He's been around a while. I don't know how much he has left. But give me Dawoodu decision. No bet. I'm going to take Dawoodu decision on the card plus two ten. I like that number. When you said it, I was like, here, let me check that number out. And uh, I that's agree solid. with you. you get like two hundred. Yeah, I think I think, that's I think he could easily get Cub out of there with maybe landing a shot because Cub is a not exactly a, a spry chicken or you know a young gentleman anymore. But uh, I don't necessarily see that happening. I mean, Cub is smart. He's probably it's probably going to play out a lot on the outside, and maybe Cub could probably you know sneak a uh, split decision. This is going to be a close fight, I think, a lot closer than that line would say. I don't. Yeah. It's just I don't trust Dawudu. I, I should be able to trust him against a older Cub Swanson who. Has shown like he can only his last couple wins. I mean, he did finish people, but Daniel Pineda, Darren Elkins, Crone Gracie, you know, Artem Lobov, like that. That's no, nah, you know. And 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 I had to go back to uh, you know six years ago for the Artem Lobov win. Uh, There's a lot of losses uh, in the in those in that sheet right there. So yeah, I'll take Dawudu, and I will uh, take the decision, and I will get on out of there. So we keep it moving, ladies and gentlemen. Khalil Roundtree. And Chris Dawkins, Chris Dawkins making the jump down to 205 pounds after getting his chin disintegrated. He he is funny on the press conference. He's like, "You try to go getting hit by uh, Curtis Blades, Derek Lewis, and Jarzinho, and tell yeah. me how well your chin holds up." But I mean, yeah, seriously. Well, yeah, but you know, let's let, he got he got eliminated in 23 seconds by uh, Jarzinho, and I get you know I, I get it, I get it, I get it. But uh, Khalil Roundtree also hits hard. Okay, uh, and he is a large, large gentleman. Um, you know, a st- a phys- physicality wise, and he's got three wins in a row. This is not going to be an easy night out 
for Mr. Dawkus. Um, I am pulling the lineup right now. We have a plus 150 for Chris Dawkus, minus 175, 185 for Khalil Roundtree. So he's a considerable favorite. Uh, I, you know, I, this seems like a stay away from. There's a lot of uh, unknowns that I don't really like. And uh, I could see Dawkus having some success from the outside, though. I just, uh, I, I don't know. I, his chin really does concern me, and I don't know how dropping in weight is going to, I mean, the guys are going to hit, let be less powerful, but, and I don't really think he's going to be, like, drained from this cut. I don't think it's like a, you know, heavyweight to 205 is not like a, uh, you know, losing your entire, you know, all your water and you have nothing left to give. Like, I think he's still going to be in good shape, I would imagine, but... Uh, I I mean I like I really do like uh, what's it called Dawkins at, at at that number I just don't know if I'm going to take it. Yeah, I think so. I think Dawkins has fought at light heavyweight one time in his career before the UFC. I just I can't find when or where. But um, yeah, I mean you know the thing at heavyweight that he had was the speed advantage. He was quicker than all of them. You know, I mean he started out his career fighting Parker Porter, Rodrigo Nascimento, Alexi Olenek, and Shamil. Yeah, all slow, all slow. But he treated, I mean, he knocked all of them out, you know, four knockouts in a row to start your, your uh, UFC career. That, no matter who it is, I mean, that's impressive, right? That's you, you won your entire contract, all knockouts, one of them in the second round. So, and then he, and they go from those four to the next three. I mean, quite the, uh, the shift in, in talent and, and power and skill. Um, it's going the lowest of blades to Jar- Jarzinho. Um, moving down, I don't think he's going to have that speed advantage. And he's not very big, he's not very athletic. So the, I think the jury is still out on him. And honestly, this thing could be said about Khalil Roundtree. Like, I, what, what Khalil Roundtree are we going to get? You know, when he's on, he's on. His last fight against Jacoby, I think he, uh, I thought he lost that fight. Very, very close. Uh, before that, he knocked out, you know, Bukowskis, Roberson. Uh, he knocked out Ander, or he beat Anders, beat the shit, smoked Eric Anders. Uh, yeah. Beat the shit out of Gokan Saki. They tried hyping him up as a kickboxer. He fucking, he put him down in a minute. Knocked out Paul Craig. Which you know has aged very well, but before that he got absolutely dog walked by Tyson Pedro, smoked by Andrew Sanchez. Uh, I mean, Marcin Crocchio fucking cooked him on that Dustin and Connor card. So it's like I don't know which version of him we're getting. Kudalaba mounted him and just smashed him into oblivion. Yeah, like I don't know, man. He's 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 jacked. He looks the part. He hits hard, but. Uh, I don't know, man. I think you know if Chris Dawkins kind of implements that like clinch clinch game against the cage, maybe try to take him down. I, I think Chris Dawkins is a black belt. Um, I think he has solid boxing. I just I don't know if he really wants to stay in that in that boxing range for long. I think he can get clipped. And obviously, you know, he's not he's been knocked out by some big strong guys, but he's been knocked out nonetheless. Uh, all of his losses, I think, are by knockouts. So that's. You know, Roundtree is a one-dimensional kickboxer, very inconsistent, and I, I just, I, you know, I don't know really what Dawkins is going to do at 205 in the UFC, you know. Um, I, I'm sure his power will carry over. He has like seven or six um, six knockdowns in the UFC. So there's that, but I don't know. I don't know. I'm going to stay away from this. I, I kind of want to yeah. take a shot on Chris Dawkins. Um, what's his line? Let's plus, plus 180. Yeah, I just... I'm gonna stay away. I'm gonna stay away. I think. I think. I don't know. <laughs> I'm, I'm not gonna put it on the card, but I will in my private life probably fire a little Chris Dawkins wager too. Uh, yeah. Just get you know keep some action going throughout the night. It's just. Uh, yeah, that seems like a, a rough 
uh, just this is a lot of unknowns. I don't really like to bet when there's a lot of unknowns, and I don't, like you said, I don't trust either one of these guys. One, you know, Khalil Roundtree, the the one who gets cooked version, could show up, or the Chris Dawkins where you touch his chin and he just goes into uh, autopilot could happen. So, staying away from that one. Uh, how about Pollyanna Viana, Yasmin Lucindo? Uh, you are a big Yasmin Lucindo stock buyer. I have uh, been been told you have a lot of stock in her and her abilities. Pollyanna Viana. Uh, not so much, right? I mean, you are a fan of her. You have bought stock in her Instagram, but you have necessarily not bought stock in her fighting ability. She is a underdog in this one, plus 165 to uh, Yasmin Lucindo's minus 200. Uh, I I guess if you're going to bet Lucindo, you're going to hope that she gets the finish. I just don't know if that's the move here. Yeah. Um, I guess she could um, kind of do what she did to Broken Walker and, you know, get takedowns, get top time, and kind of just grind out a, a decision. Broken Walker's pretty bad, though. I mean, she's old and, yeah. and not good. Um, you know, the, the problem I have here, so I, you, you uh, set all of that up just for me to play Pollyanna Viana by sub. That's my play here. I think it's a dangerous game though, man. Like, you know, she'll do what she did against Tabitha Ricci and just get taken down a bunch of times and throw up submissions that don't come close. And it drives you fucking crazy. Dri- drives me insane. When she fought Hannah Cyphers, I want to fucking blow my head off. Yeah. Um, and when she fought Veronica Hardy, same thing. She got armbarred by Veronica Hardy. Like that should have happened. But ever since then, the last couple of years, she, you know, they haven't been good. Jenny Fry is not good. Ma- Mallory Martin isn't good. Um, Emily Whitmire isn't good, but she did what she had to do against them. Armbarred uh, Martin Whitmire and knocked out Jin Fry within like a minute. She's pretty good. She's like a, I don't know, what, what would you even call her? Specialist? She's kind of like a, yeah, but she's kind of like a bully, uh, like offensively. Yeah. Like when she comes forward, the best she's, hammer. Kind of, you know, she's not a great nail. Yeah, she's pretty terrifying. Like, you know, she, she she throws hard. She has nasty offense from every part of her game, but she likes to give up her back. She likes to play on her back. Um, that sounds dirty, Shout but out. she likes to <laughs> give up minutes, give up time, like give up position. And it's very infuriating to watch. It's why she lost to Hannah Cypher, too. That, that should never happen. No. And J.J. Aldridge, too. Um, the problem I have, though, Lucindo is she's, she's very green. She's 21. She was born in 2002. Like, that's crazy to think about, honestly. I know she has a lot of fights, but, and she gets a lot of stock. Like, a lot of her stock was high because of her debut against Yuli, when she, you know, was fight of the night, or would have been fight of the night if David O'Nunley and um, Nate Landwehr didn't fight right after, you know? Yeah. So, and she, she got beat up, though. You know, she kind of got outstruck and outboxed in almost every exchange. She's just tough, and she was landing some shots of her own. Um, and Yasmin, you're the geek. Her stock's down, way down. So, you know, maybe that fight hasn't aged well. I thought she should have finished Brogan Walker, didn't come close. I just think she, um, I don't know, man. I don't think, I think she's high volume, but I think she's hard to trust against somebody like Pollyanna Viana, who's 4-4 four four in the UFC. Not great, not the most skilled, but she has arm bars. She has a bunch of arm bars. And um, if I remember correctly, Yasmin Lucindo, has three of her armbar. five losses, three of her five losses are by sub. And like you said, she has been arm barred. I'm going. Um, I'm going with the by sub. I think maybe, maybe it's maybe she gets taken down. Maybe she gets knocked down. Uh, you know, Lucindo's tough. 
Also, Pollyanna Viana's bigger, man. I know she has that like tall woman defense. She's not that big, but she leaves her chin way up in the air. She also fades late, but she in that first round, man, she has nasty subs. She has nasty left hooks. I think she gets Lucindo out of here in the first round of the sub. Honestly, I think maybe it gets sketchy for early. Maybe she gets taken down and she's nothing's going on. You're like, great, this fight's over. Um, but I think she's gonna throw something up. And Lucindo's small, short arms, uh, five two, five three. So I think she's gonna catch her in something. And, and uh and an arm bar or we're gonna make a choke. She gets her back over. So I'm, I'm gonna take a shot here. I know I'm sorry. No, um, I'm just I'm I don't trust her. It's hard to do, but I'm doing it. I don't blame you. It's I think this is a interesting one just based off that. You don't really know either one who what what version of either one's gonna come out. You don't know. Like the the one here's a couple of things that uh I'm just gonna tell you right away. I am gonna bet Fight doesn't go to the the decision plus one ten. Uh, oh, yeah. I just think e- somebody is getting finished. Like you said, if she plays that back game that she's that she likes to play, then I think it's she's either going to get the submission or she's going to get finished. Yasmin Lucindo has finished uh, ten of her fourteen wins, and I believe Pollyanna Viana has never won a fight that she didn't finish. It's, she's got yeah. five knockouts, eight submissions. So I just. I could easily, like you said, easily see her kind of broken walkering it and just kind of playing it safe on top. But Both I could also fire, see have hard starts. Yeah. Too, so like this could this this could be a fucking war for as long as it lasts. Yeah, exactly. It could be a seven minute. Like I, I could definitely see that. That's why this line is kind of close to and you, very rarely uh, you you know this tie that you see a women's fight with this close of odds uh, to a decision or not decision. They usually are you know fight to go to decision is minus like three hundred four hundred because. Yep. The, the power difference between this and the men's is, is just, you know, understandably different. So I'm going to take that uh, fight to go to decision. Uh, so fight that doesn't go to decision, sorry, before you guys all just run to the windows and uh, wave your tickets and your money at the people. Fight doesn't go to decision plus 110 for that one, and uh, we keep it moving. Tafan Enshukwi, AJ Dobson. This is kind of a filth, an absolute filth uh, box. Like this is where we start entering the filth box uh, element of the card. Oh, this is this is really filth box. This is disgusting. The filth take the filth take filth box. Yeah, the filth take filth box is, is back. Uh, AJ Dobson's a plus one twenty underdog to Tafan and Jukwi's, um minus one thirty. Yeah, minus one thirty, one forty five, one fifty. All right, it's it's actually higher than I thought it was, but. Uh, do you like anything here? Uh, right away, like when I saw it, just said, nope, stay away. Uh, A.J. Dobson is a middleweight. Uh, it says on his last, his last fight was at middleweight. This is at middleweight as well. So Tafan is going down, I guess? Yeah, yeah. Do you think I that plays so. a factor at all? Um, well, Tafan's not that big. I think A.J. is probably still bigger than him. Um, <laughs> I... I uh, I don't even know who to pick here, man. Like, I don't think either of these guys are. I think they're both green. Like, what are they? Six and six and three and six and two, man. Like, I don't know. Uh, this I should. Think have, I mean, should, if someone's going to sleep here, right? I guess that's why this is this high up on the card. Uh, maybe, but maybe not. Like, Tafan couldn't even finish Jamie Pickett. True. Like, he had that disappointing fight where he couldn't finish Jamie Pickett, and then he comes back and loses a pretty close fight to John Young Park. Like, that was kind of impressive. And then he can't finish Mike Rodriguez. And then he's beating Azamat Mursakhan. And then he gets flying knee. <laughs> yeah. And then the Olberg fight, I, you know, it was a bad matchup. He, uh, Olberg's honestly pretty solid, especially if it's just standing. 
Um, and then AJ Dobson, um, I've just never really been high. Honestly, like he came into the contender series with some hype. He finished that guy on the contender series. And then he fought Malcoon and Petrosian. Those are probably pretty tough matchups, but like he got smoked. He's just slow, very, very low. He, he fights on very, the, the thinnest of thin margins. Um, he's a striker, like with some solid like speed and athleticism, but he doesn't have much power. Um, and then Tafan is kind of the opposite. Tafan has a lot of volume. Um, but like durability isn't great. His, his grappling isn't great. He has power. I don't know. I would I stay know. away. From he has that. power, but he, he has power, but he can't finish Jamie Pickett. Like, you know what I mean? Like yeah. that, that's not, that's not really, um, it just shows a lot of greenness in both fighters. I see easy mistakes that they both made. Uh, I think Tafan should win. I don't think he's Dawson's really good at all, but. I mean, who, honestly, who the fuck knows in this fight? The problem is there's really not anything to bet and get behind here in this one because Dobson's never been finished, although it's only eight fights. He's never fought anyone like Njuki, obviously, but it doesn't really – I don't think that's really going to matter all that much. Like, is, is there really a possibility that Tafan subs him or anything like um, that? I mean, he's got what? I mean, no submissions. He's got no submissions yeah. on, on his record. I mean, maybe he knocks him out late, but, like, I, I just – I don't know. I, I think he – you know, having more power and higher volume will help him. But AJ Dobson, man, if you want to wrestle him and, you know, kind of wrestle fuck him, I don't see how he couldn't maybe have success doing that because I believe um, in his fight with – who was it? Not Petrosian, but um, I, already, I already forgot his name. In, uh, so no, when he fought Petrosian, he took he took Petrosian down. But it, you know, I know Petrosian's more of a kickboxer, but still, he got taken down six times by Malcolm, but he got some against Petrosian. I think he should be the better grappler. But yeah, I I'm I'm good. I'm good on this fight. <laughs> yeah, I think I really want to bet and Jukwe inside the distance, but I'm not going to take it on the card. I just I have to. I'm trying to be smarter about firing everything uh, that I see, and that this is something that. I would bet in Chukwe inside the distance, but don't trust it, not taking it. So, Josh Fremd, Jamie Pickett. Jamie Pickett is coming off of a loss to Bo Nickel. Got arm triangled in the first round, I believe. Lost to Dennis Tullian, which is hard. I mean, I hate to just be going out and saying that, but that's horrible. And, uh, you know, Kyle Dawkins, Darsh choked him at the end of the first round. So, he has had a rough run of uh, fights here. And uh, speaking he of Tafan. He got Tafon, smoked yeah. by Jordan Wright within like he a did. minute. He did. Also bad. Uh, I am oh, going to take... Charles Bur- oh, I am going to change my get- mind. I'm taking in Chukwe. <laughs> okay. I'm taking in Chukwe. Well, wait, I thought you always were. No, I'm taking it on the card, inside the distance. Okay, okay. You had to change it hard when you saw the name Jamie Pickett. You're like, I got to bet something. Yeah, you're like, listen, yeah. I, I, well, I saw the, some of these other ones, and I'm like, dude, I, there, <laughs> there might not be a lot of bets left. So let's take the <laughs> ones that we kind of like. Uh, listen, I think Josh Friend is the easy pick here. I, I have been a big-time fader of Jamie Pickett, and I think it's going to bite me at one point. I mean, he's obviously one yeah, of the bigger I, favorites on the card, so that's not that hard to uh, figure out. But I could see... Some sort of submission happening here. Yeah, that's what should happen, right? I mean, uh, Pickett's been subbed four times. Uh, Jay, uh, 
Josh Frank, who it looks like he's, his nickname is no more. R.I.P. to the Big Yin. Um, wow. His, yeah, his nickname is off of Topology completely and off of UFC God stats. Damn it. Um, here's another. Here's another instance where we're like, oh man, I can't trust this guy. <laughs> um, you know, getting getting guillotined by uh, Trayshawn Gore, not a great look, right? Horrible. But he he <laughs> he came back. He came back out there and submitted Cedrique Dumas, who I, for some reason, put my money on um, and pretty much smoked. But then Cedrique came out and put on a wrestling clinic the next time he was I out mean, there. So, you know, against uh, Brundage, right? Yeah. yeah. Who knows what's going on in, the, in this middle? That guy stinks. Um, but like, Jamie Pickett's probably the worst of the worst, right? Like, de- like, dude, he got smoked by Dennis Tolulin, who's one of the worst of the worst. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, he beat Joseph Holmes. But by Imagine. decision, like, yeah. Again, worst of the worst. Like, dude, to get first round, to get finished in the first round by Charles Bird and Jordan Wright. I mean, come on, Charles Bird is terrible. Oh man, like Jamie Pickett just isn't good. There's like, I hate to be this guy, but like, what is there? What does he have going for him? He's athletic, and he's big. That's it. Like, he, he's. I guess he clinch fights sometimes, and that works for him. The problem is Josh Friend has really good clinch knees. Yeah. And he chains wrestle, uh, uh, takedowns and, and submissions off of the clinch. I, I don't think Josh Friend should be minus you know, whatever he is against anybody. But he has, a, I think, an easy path to victory here. I want to take his sub, and I feel like he'll probably go for a knockout. But he hasn't, you know, he, ever since he's been in the UFC or even a little bit before the UFC, he's been getting submissions. And I think that's just going to be so easy. Like, I'm sure you can knock out Jamie Pickett, but sure. it's going to be easy work to submit him, I think. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to take – give me Josh Friend by submission. All right, I'm taking it with you as well at plus 250. So, yeah, what's his knock, what's knockout? Uh, yeah. Knockout is plus 215, 250, 270. Like, so it's right around – they really don't know either way. It's just yeah. – inside the distance is minus 135, so it's – I mean, he's probably going to – I could see him hurting him on the feet just because, like, Frem doesn't have good striking really at all. Like, his defense especially. He doesn't like getting heady. His hands are down. But he has some power, and he throws hard, and he throws good low kicks. So, like, you know, maybe he hurts him and he fucks us over. But I think he should just – even if he hurts him, club and sub or uh, – Yeah, like, I, I just – I liked his defensive grappling in some of these uh, situations too. Like, I believe the, the fluffy fight where he, you know, could have mm-hmm. gotten subbed a couple times, but – yeah, he kept defending himself, and the Trayshawn Gore fight didn't go, obviously go his way. But I mean, this I was, is where Jamie Pickett exits the UFC. Trayshawn Gore would beat Jamie Pickett as well. So let's yeah, let's say that uh, off off the rip. But uh, and wow, I, 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 that's right. Cody Brundage did beat Trayshawn Gore, but that's we've realized that Cody Brundage is the most hot cold fighter of all time because he just either, cut them all. Yeah, cut them all. Let's just get let's just kind of kind of clean out this eighty five division a little bit and keep it moving, but. How about Marcus McGee, JP Bays, uh, y- your boy JP, getting back in there? Uh, he's a plus three hundred uh, underdog to a Marcus McGee who's minus four hundred. So this is the biggest favorite on the card, more than likely. Uh, Ty, what do you what do you like here? Do you like anything? I mean, obviously Marcus McGee is probably the pick, but uh, I know we kind of talked about it last episode where this was kind of going to be the pick. But do you like any bets here? Um. Hmm. I want to sit on JP Bays really badly, um, but I feel like <laughs> I honestly feel like he's not like 
that like he has some skill. I feel like. Yeah. Uh, I think he's much better at one thirty five than one twenty five. Like remember he fought Montel Jackson. He had him in a guillotine. He got him out like a minute in. He has good scrambles, and I think he has, um, like some good offense. He's 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 a decent hammer, not the biggest hammer, but he's a decent one. Um, but man, he is one of the worst nails ever. Um, Bruno Silva smoked him. Cody Durden, you know, treated him like nothing. And Montel Jackson could finish him, but he did, uh, you know, make short, make easy work of him. Take him down four times, knock him down four times. Um, yeah, that's the problem. Like, JP Bates has been knocked down eight, eight times in the UFC. Um, he has three fights. So. I think it's safe to say he doesn't like getting punched. He doesn't have a good chin. Uh, even before that, he got he got. Remember on the contender series, he got fucking the first contender series fight. He got absolutely smoked by that uh, Joby Sanchez guy. And that that dude's that dude was not that good, honestly. Uh, he hasn't fought really in like four years. Uh, I just think JP Bay's zero durability. Um, his submission wrestling is probably the way to go. And it's funny because Marcus McGee is obviously you know he's a striker. That's pretty much all he's looking for. His one loss, he did get. Um, taken down, he got his back taken quickly and we're going to make a choke by a credentialed uh, Brazilian jiu-jitsu black belt. So I feel like like that could kind of happen again. I don't think his win over Jeremy is um, something to, you know, write home about. Um, but I do think he has r- powerful striking. He's very physical. He's improving his grappling training with O'Malley and all that. He's bigger than Bays by, a, I think, substantial amount. I would say three inches of height and only two inches of reach, but just way more physical, you know? Um, I just think Baze is a cooked product, honestly. Like, he's had a lot going on in his personal life. Uh, <laughs> we well, definitely talked about that on here. Um, I feel like this is a really sneaky spot for him for him to win by sub. I kind of want to play it, just just like in my personal life. I, I, I'm not going to put it down. <laughs> I'm not going to take anything, because I think there is a... a a better chance that people are giving him credit for for getting a win. Maybe a sub, maybe he just steals rounds by getting takedowns and laying them. I think he's much better, much better on the ground than, than Marcus McGee, but also much worse on the feet where the fight starts. So, yeah, I think um, <clears throat> my my gut tells me McGee knocks him out. Yeah. <clears throat> but I'm not going to play it. Also, I think J.P. Bayes' takedown accuracy is not great, so maybe <clears throat> maybe McGee, if he, as long as his cardio lasts, can uh, you know, just... Just either stuff or, you know, work his way up. I don't know. I don't know, honestly. I think there's a little bit unknown here, too, with McGee. He's only had one UFC fight. So, yeah, I'm going to stay away. I'm going to trust McGee being the bigger guy. Uh, you know, J.P. Bays obviously, is going to be looking for that takedown. And, you know, this is a guy in McGee who's fought at featherweight. He's fought, like... He's just—he's gonna have a size advantage over him, and I think he's gonna, like you said, have a big power advantage. And for a guy who doesn't like to get hit, he's going to get hit at some point. So I'm gonna bet that Marcus McGee TKO minus one forty-five, and I'm gonna lock that in here real quick. So uh, how right. about Terrence McKinney? Quick turnaround for your boy T Rex, kind of just yeah. trying to get that taste out of his mouth over the Sadiqov. Uh, sort of just really quick uh, turnaround, like not turnaround, but uh, fa- he faded radically in that fight. And uh, yeah. Sadiqov just, you know, he, he McKinney dominated the first round, got taken down in the second round, and was done within the minute of, of that happening. And, uh, you know, he's coming off these two straight losses, basically. He's fighting Mike Breeden, who, yes, that's right, ladies and gentlemen, money Mike Breeden, who he's also coming off of two losses, Natan Levy. 
and uh, Alex the Great, which uh, that's a. Yeah, Thought he won that Levy fight. It was, was a close really one. Close. It was a close one, but uh, you know that they kind of like Levy anyway. So getting a thirty twenty seven was ridiculous, but I digress. That's that's the typical judging in this game. Uh, Terrence McKinney's a big favorite though, minus two seventy to uh, Mike Breeden's plus two fifty five, or I'm sorry, plus two twenty five, two twenty. Ty, I don't really know if this is a bettable one. I mean, I, I if you're going to bet, I guess you're going to try and hope that Terrence McKinney gets some out. I mean, I I just said, about, I mean, in last month's episode that I'm never betting Terrence McKinney again, but... And then he took a short-notice fight against Mike Breeden. Yeah, <laughs> so exactly. Like, and you're like, well, yeah, like he should win this one, and he actually should get him out of there, but... Mike, so I feel like there's like four or five fighters on this card who have lost three in a row or are 0-3 in the UFC. One of the two. <laughs> he is one of them. Mike Breeden is 0-3 in the UFC. JP Bays has lost three in a row. Chris Dawkins has lost three in a row. Like, <laughs> who else? I think uh, Pickett has lost three in a row. Like, that's pretty much the, the story of this card. Yeah. Um, we're going to make some cuts is what the UFC is saying with this card. Um it's funny because Mike Breen, when he fought Alexander Hernandez, I mean, he, he got smoked, right? He got run over. But that was a very, like, he's not on Alexander Hernandez's level. He actually stuffed two Alexander Hernandez takedowns, which I thought was kind of shocking because he got taken down by Levy nine times. Got three of his own. So, like, he hasn't been subbed before. I want to I wanna say McKinney subs him quick because, like, I mean, listen, he has some, the, the thing with Terrence McKinney is you get him out of the first round, it's over. You won. Congratulations, uh, whatever kind of a, however you're feeling after the first round, it doesn't matter. You've won pretty much. Um, but he's got he has some pretty decent wins, like the Fervola and Ferez Zion wins. Both have aged well. Um, he, you know, I think they probably both beat him if they run a pack. But um, it's not like important right now. With, no, no, definitely not. I think he gets breeding out of here in the first round. I just I don't know if he knocks him out or subs him. Is my, is my problem? He hasn't. You know, he used to knock everybody out. And then he came to the UFC and started working on his uh, grappling, and he started submitting everybody. He's very athletic, very quick. Again, he could be Conor McGregor in the first two minutes, but then he could lose to CM Punk in the second round. Jesus so, Christ. Uh, Mike Jackson as well. So, like, the, the problem with him is, man, his footwork is just so terrible. Like, he just stands there and moves, like, his body, but doesn't move his feet. Like, if he moved around like a King Dawa would do, he would be so much better, but... He's got that bully mentality, too. Like, you know, if he's taking the fight to you, it's over. But if you fight back a little bit or if you survive a little bit, you're done. He's done. Um, I, think he, I think he beats Mike Breeden here easily. I don't know. If Mike Breeden gets out of the first round, he probably wins, though, honestly. Um, but he doesn't like getting hit, and he gets taken down easily. So, like, how does he win uh, McKinney here? However he wants, I think. I think he subs him, but I'm not taking anything. I'm gonna take McKinney wins in round one minus one thirty five. That I mean that that just seems like a uh, a good bet, good number. Uh, the jump from that to round two is plus six fifty seven hundred in the second round. Yeah, so they that's not happening. Vegas is telling you it's either one round or nothing. So I'll just take my Honestly, chance. Honestly, if in you're the first if you're if you're, if you're alive, better. And if this fight ex- escapes the first round, hammer your money on Mike Green. You'll probably get it in the first spot. Honestly, you know. Seriously, but you'll get a good number probably. probably. It probably won't happen also, so. You never know, and it's a quick turnaround, so I mean, I, I imagine he would be in relatively good shape. He didn't take all that much damage in the last fight. No, he, just, he was just tired. But yeah, he just got tired. subbed, but uh, let's keep it moving. How about we got, uh, is, this, uh, is this the Francis, Francis Marshall? The fire the marshal? marshal? Getting in there against uh, Mr. Midwest Chapel? Isaac 
Dulgarian. Not to, be, not to be confused with a, uh, the the Dan family. No, well, Dan Bilzerian <laughs> and the family from the uh, from the Game of Thrones, the Targaryens. But this yes. is the Midwest Choppa, as you have said. <laughs> you are a big fan of the Choppa getting in there. He is coming off of a big win against TJ Britton at uh, FAC looking for a fight uh, last uh, last February. So it has been over a year and a half since Mr. Choppa has been in the octagon or in the cage uh, get, getting his shit off. Uh, Francis Marshall, he's coming off of a loss to William Gomi, which was a very close fight. I thought he won that fight, if I remember correctly. But I think I had Marshall also inside the distance. So uh, I, I don't really remember how that fight played out uh, completely. He threw like two strikes, Francis Marshall, the whole fight. Okay, well, there you go. So then that, that that is a big concern going into a situation like this. Marshall is a minus 175, 185 favorite to Mr. Choppa's plus 154, 145. That is Dolgarian for the record for you people out there who have no idea who the fuck I'm talking about. But uh, Ty... Who do you like here? Do you like anything on the card? Uh, my instinct is no. Um, no. I Listen, the last time we saw Francis Marshall, he, he landed 11% of his significant strikes. That's bad. 15 of 132 against William Gomi. Brutal. Um, I want to I give him a, a bit of a pass because William Gomi is a big dude. Uh, he should be fighting a lightweight idiot once a week. And before that, he was getting beat by... Marcelo Rojo before he got a knockout, um, and then the, the fight in the Contender Series, he didn't even get a finish. So, I uh, I have no idea what to think of Francis Marshall. He has a wrestling background. He's kind of like a cardio bully. He'll always hang around there <clears throat> uh, and just wear on you. Um, but his striking defense isn't good. His striking offense really isn't good at range. Um, even his debut was like, like I said, against Rojo, it was very shaky until he got that knockout. Um, the problem is, like, his last fight, Gomi, is big and physical. Isaac Dolgarian is, 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 is a lot different. He's 5'7". Uh, I think he might have the same reach as, as, um, as uh, Marshall. But we, <laughs> the thing about Dolgarian, if you want to watch his entire career, it spans like five minutes. Like, oh, literally, th- <laughs> if you look at his amateur fights, there's four amateur fights, five pro fights. They've all ended re- very, very quickly. So, you know, he's fought nobody. Even that guy TJ Britton, who's seven and two, that dude stinks. Um, and he he's like forty, he's like forty something, and he put that dude to sleep. I don't think he's wake, woken up since then. <laughs> so like, I don't know what the thing about this Dolgarian. He wrestled in Notre Dame. He's he Shout wants out. to take you down, ground and pound you, and literally ground and pound you through the fucking Earth's core. Like that's what he wants to do, man. It's very you know powerful. He he knows where his bread is, but on the feet. Doesn't look great. He looks like very uncomfortable. Also, his uh, UFC debut was supposed to be against Daniel Argetta. Got delayed because he um, tore and then retore his LCL. Um, oh, wow. That was seven months ago. Not sure how he is. Carson Wentz tore his LCL once, but he also tore his ACL. So, a lot different. I just don't. Know. I I, have, I know nothing about the Chapa at all, and I honestly don't know much about Francis Marshall. So, uh, stay away. Stay away. Like Francis Marshall minus one eighty. Oh, I'm good. No, I'm good on that. Uh, Josh Parisian, Josh Mister Parmesan, getting back in there uh, against Martin Boudet, who we have uh, 
made fun of many a time on this podcast, but he just continues to win, it seems. But uh, it was the last time. Twenty, yeah, it was uh, February. He took a victory over Jake Collier. Uh, Who has it? Yeah, uh, Brzezeski. He has a W against uh, Huggy Bear. He won a uh, unanimous uh, technical decision. So I, oh, yeah, I, I guess eye through his skull. He's a favorite here. Uh, I, I don't like this at all. <laughs> I think I think Budai easily wins. I'm going to play Budai by decision. Okay. I don't think you know he doesn't hit hard. He's not a finisher. He fights close, low volume, not much power, but he has pretty good cardio for a guy who literally has to cut to to 265. Like, he, he's got a belly on him, that's for sure. Um, and, like, you know, Lucas Brzezeski outstruck him for sure, and I think Jay Collier even uh, fought him pretty closely, but um, he just wears you down against the cage, man. It's just what he does, and I think that, that's just... A, there's many ways to beat Josh Parisian, but I think that's definitely one of the ways to beat Josh Parisian. I mean, dude... Josh Friesen got taken down six times against Dante Mays and fucking smashed. Parker Porter took him down a couple times. Uh, Rookie Martinez fought him very closely. Like, Jamal Pogues laid on him for 15 minutes. I don't see how Martin Budai doesn't do the same thing. I think this is an easy play. Um, you know, neither are good, but Martin Budai has a clear game plan and Josh Friesen has a clear deficit that, uh, I mean, dude, he got. He got knocked down by Alan Badeau. He got knocked down by Alan Badeau. Like, <laughs> the Black Samurai. That dude fought the UFC four times and got, like, absolutely shelled and just destroyed and dominated every minute of that his UFC tenure, except for the minute he knocked down Josh Parisian. So, I think this is an easy parlay piece. Uh, whoever else you th- you're, like, high on, like, uh, Josh Friend, parlay him with Martin Budai, that's easy work. So... I'll take a decision with you. Yeah, I mean, if he knocks him out, so be it. But uh, all his wins are by decision. And he also, you know, a couple close fights. So And Parmesan puts, uh, you know, he doesn't quit easily. So uh, we'll, yeah. we'll see what he does. Yeah, he has he decent has. power. Yeah. He just has no cardio, can't defend takedowns, and can't get up. So he doesn't have to work on too much, just this entire game. Montserrat Ruiz, Jacqueline Amorim, uh, I believe... Oh boy, I have I am far away on this page, but plus two hundred for Montserrat Ruiz, minus two fifty for Amarim. I, I will sell you. Uh, I don't like this at all. I just don't like the line. I don't trust Amarim to get it done. Even though I believe you said this should be pretty easy for her, but uh, I guess I'll wait to hear what you have to say. Yeah, uh, she's not big. She has uh, like really long arms for for uh, for a woman in general, but especially a one fifteener. Uh, I think she has like a 68-inch reach. She's only 5'3", but dude, Montserrat is like maybe. She's maybe 5 foot. She's and so she might have She might have a 60-inch reach. Like she is tiny, man. She's a little malukunami size. Like she should probably call you up 105. She has a nice like, you know, she kind of just, just does one thing. She gets like a little scarf hold, uh, head and arm throw. Like that's what she does. I think she's like a seven-time Mexican something 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 wrestling champion or something like she has some credentials in, in wrestling but like you know she's just so tiny and um the thing about amarine is she's pretty much first round sub or bust and she, she had i know she lost the same news and she got outstruck and whatever but all her fights have gone one round i think right amarine all first round sub yeah and some of them are like you know a minute so obviously that was a a tough adjustment and Sam Hughes is a veteran, but 
But, dude, she had her in that first round. I don't know. I, I know people are like, oh, Sam Hughes, she put her fingers in Amarine's glove, and that's why she didn't get tapped out. Because that rear naked choke was in. But that's fighting, man. You you know, the last thing you're thinking about when you're getting choked out is, oh, are my fingers inside her gloves? I can't do that. Like, you're trying to get the fuck out of it. And she got out of it. And then she won. So, you know, maybe things get weird after the first round. But Amarine's much bigger. Um, I think she's probably the better striker. Um, and she's a dangerous black belt sub, uh, submission artist, trains at ATT. Kaneho is just so small, and she can only do one thing, grab you by, like, you know, kind of bully you with a head and arm throw. I, I don't see how she does that here. Even if she does, she probably gets subbed off her back, uh, off of Amarine's back. So give me Amarine by sub. Uh, I would be curious to see what that number is. Sub is uh, everything is uh, what's called minus money. So, All right, what about uh, first round sub? Ooh, is that a good. thing? I don't see it. Amarim in round one is plus one thirty. Um, I don't have I like a that. specific result. Hold on, let me. I, I can get I like it that. right for, now. For plus one seventy in might... sub. Yeah, is mm. plus one seventy. So it's not really that. Yeah, give much. me that. You want that? Yeah, I think. I, I honestly, dude, I think she can do it really easily. I think she's going to do what she did to Sam Hughes, except she's going to finish it. Sub plus one seventy-five. I am going to stay away. Don't trust it. I, I like I like everything you said, but I just uh, I have too many plays to begin with, so I can't. I have to chill the fuck out. <laughs> Demond Blackshear, sure. Jose Johnson, Jose Lobo Sol- Solitario, uh, who is that's right, ladies and gentlemen, fighting out of Texas. I know you guys all know who Lobo Solitario is. He is sure. making his UFC debut, coming off the Contender Series. Uh, yeah, win against yeah. Jack Cartwright. I know you guys all. Uh, saw the Jack Cartwright fight. He's an English gentleman, so sometimes those guys can be fraudulent. But all the time, uh, yeah, usually all the time. Uh, what is the line here? Do you have that? Um, I think uh, Black Shear is like minus three hundred. Yes, minus three hundred to ninety two. Jose Johnson's plus two thirty five to twenty. Uh, I guess. I'm gonna stay away from this one too, probably, because I, I I just I I mean I I don't know much other than that contender series fight about him, and I I like I like Demon Blackshear, and but Demon Blackshear is a guy who sometimes just you know shit doesn't go his way. I mean, he lost to the one of the Basharat brothers, but that's not the you know that's not not to say that the end of the world. You know, he only has what one two three UFC fights, and he's won one and one. So you know, like I don't really know. A draw to Yusuf Zalal, which has not exactly uh, aged all that well. And then Luan Lacerda, uh, who I haven't seen him in a minute. Uh, oh, no, that, was, that, was, that wasn't that long ago. It just happened. Oh, my God. What am I talking about? That, you know what, dude? All these yeah, fights. Yeah, what are you saying? Oh, Kai France and Albazi. Yeah, that's, that wasn't a card that I was... Forgettable. Uh, Very forgettable. Yeah, I wasn't too locked in on the first couple fights of the night, <laughs> if I remember correctly. Uh... So, I'm going to stay away from it. Uh, I'm going to fire Demond Blackshear by sub. Okay. Uh, I think she, he has an absolute easy, easy grappling advantage here. Uh, Jose Johnson, pretty decent on the feet, like, but he also got absolutely dismantled in 30 seconds by Madame Martinez. <clears throat> um, Ronnie Hawkins smoking on the contender series. Um, back in LFA, I forget who he lost. Armando Villarreal um, took him down a bunch of times. He's been choked out. I think Blackshear is going to walk walk through him. 
um, especially on the ground. He's supposed to fight Brady Highstand. I wish he did because I, I want to see Blackshear fight him, but he got the staff infection. So oh, that's not good. We got Jose Johnson, who pretty much it seems like fight anybody. Um, so at least you know he's got that going for him, but not very, not very good. I'm gonna take. Uh, you got 175 there on that sub. I'm gonna take inside so, distance plus like 130. So I like it. Yeah, I, I don't really like it, but you know, I don't know. I, I don't know much about Mr. Uh, Lobo Solitario, so I'm gonna <laughs> fade him and hope that it goes my way. You know. Juju, this is the last fight of the night, or first fight you're going to hear about, last fight we're talking Christ. about. Juliana Miller, plus 130 to Luana Santos, minus 145. Ty, you have said before, I am almost about to throw up on my keyboard right now, but <laughs> you have said that you are going to fire Luana Santos and that it is your it is your nuclear mega whale play of the day. I don't know if you still feel that way. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you you still feel that way, but uh, you know she's making her UFC debut. She is, I believe, a submission specialist. Uh, that kind of yep. feeds into Mr. Juju Miller's uh, kind of game. So, Ty, what are you going to take here? Yeah, she has like a very extensive judo background, and watching her fight, um, she's, there's a couple fights where she's went to a decision, but she's very young, very green. I think it's. it's I think she's 23. Also, great follow on Instagram. Um, very informative person, if you will. Um, but yeah, I think she's going to have some mess-ups here and there. But I, I went back and watched her her fight, the fight before she got here against Bartira Rodriguez. That chick wasn't that bad, honestly. Had a nice uh, lower body, if you will, and uh, was kind of decent. Luana Santos had a, has, I don't want to say the best striking, but she has some power and she throws some, some quick, she, very quick hands. And then when she lost, she lost this chick, Jenna Bishop, in LFA. But that chick's 5-0. and I think she's like a uh, BJJ specialist. Like, she's been competing her whole life. So, like, I don't think that was even a bad loss, honestly. That chick went to Bellator and has already, has already won a fight. So, um, you know, like, she'll get reversed, I think, for sure. Like, I think maybe Juliana Miller can have some success if she somehow gets on top of her. Because Juliana Miller does like to do, you know, some damage from the top. She likes her ground a pound, but the problem is she's just not, honestly, I don't think she's ready for the US. She's so green, so green. Yeah. Um, you know, she lost her, uh, her last fight before she fought in the ultimate fighter. Just some Claire Guthrie trick. Like, she beat her you know. in the uh, ultimate fighter though, for the record. Oh, there you go. So like, uh, you, you know, tell the Veronica, <laughs> yeah, you know, her whole life. Veronica, <laughs> The Veronica Hardy loss was just so bad. bad. Veronica Hardy had like concussion issues. She changed her last name. She f- hadn't fought in like twelve years, and she smoked Juliana Miller. Yes, um, I think both chicks are green. I think Luana Santos is just—I um, don't know. She's not bigger, but she is big. Like, they're like kind of like the same size, quicker. She's better everywhere. She has a couple like Americanas, which I watched the one, and I didn't know how the fuck. It was a, it was like a judo toss into, you know, side control into a goddamn twister is what it looked like. So I think she's gonna sub her. Um, I like her. Uh, what's her, what's her sub here? Five hundred. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Sorry, five fifty. I, th- uh, I thought you were no, saying that like in your own head. I was like, wait, is he uh, gonna no, take it? I don't, I don't even know who I talk to half the time. That's true. Myself, maybe. Um, Randy Orton, the voice is in your head. They're getting louder. 
Yeah, I like her by sub here. I mean, most of her wins are by sub. Maybe it goes the distance, but Julianne Miller is really, really weak uh, defensively all around. Like, her grappling sucks. She has that tall woman's defense. Yep. Um, so, yeah, I got Luana Santos by sub. I think this is one of my favorite parts of the card, honestly. I really – I like this a lot, and I'm not going to take it on the card, but I would take Santos TKO because I think her striking defense is some of the worst I've ever seen Juliana Miller's. So yeah. – I mean, well, maybe she does end up on top and starts that. ground and pounding. Like, I think her submission yeah. game is very good. And it's like, and her defense is, of, of submissions is pretty good. Because she was putting some tough spots on the Ultimate Fighter and she would get out of it. But I could see, I mean, she would get hit and just like, she wouldn't necessarily drop or, you know, be, be done. So I don't know. Like, I guess it's kind of, it's obviously a fluke play at plus 1200. You know, uh, number is wild. But, um,. Hey, never know. Yeah, I'm gonna a stay away from. Her just hit it on the contender series. So. Yeah, well, that, that's a, what a crapshoot that is. But I'm gonna stay away from this one and uh, just take my card as is. Uh, are you taking? Are you taking anything on this? I didn't have it. I didn't write it down. My bad. Yeah, Santos sub. Santos sub, and Santos sub sounds like something you get somewhere. Plus five fifty. I like, I like that. that. I like oh, shit, and there goes the book. So there oh, is there, it is. <laughs> there is UFC Vegas. I think this is 78, right? Maybe. It's one of them. It's one of them. We're still in the apex. So that is the card. Uh, you know, enjoy Bellator or whatever. I don't really care to talk about that. I'm kind of 298. Yeah. 298, yeah. Yeah, who cares? Um, Logan Storley, shout out. Um, he should win. Uh, give me the guy who's fighting uh, James Gallagher. So there you go. Oh, wow. Going with James Gonzalez. Upset pick of the century. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Where is this one? They said Sioux Falls? Yeah. I'm surprised they're not uh, doing the, uh, you know, just going to have all these guys fight in Ireland again like they always do and just <laughs> run that. Yeah. Uh, the Alley you Cat. Know. Shout out to the Alley Cat, who I haven't seen him in a minute. He, oh, he lost, that's right. He fought Aaron Pico. I, no, I remember that. Pico Graham. Uh, yeah, so shout, um, uh, a, a drop of salt in an Olympic-sized swimming pool. Don't forget that uh, one that John Jones tried to use after he got caught using fucking all sorts of shit. But all the things. Ty, there is some boxing. Um, Anthony Joshua Saturday afternoon. If you have the zone, if you don't, I understand. The co-main event is two just senior citizens that shouldn't be fighting anymore, and Derek Chisora and Gerald Washington. I believe they have a combined age of eighty. Um. AJ is taking a massive hit from Dillian White pulling out or actually testing positive for everything under the sun. Um, Robert Melenius, like we uh, mentioned before, just fought last weekend Insane. in um, a um, the boiler room yes. in Sweden. Or Finland, I'm sorry. Um, and the guy in the co-main, Gerald Washington, sent Mr. Hellenius to the Shadow Realm a couple years ago. So that's kind of funny that he's in the main, the main event uh, and he's in the co-main. Yeah, Joshua should smoke him. He's like minus 400 by knockout, which is hilarious. Um, and the card itself is not green, of course. But I mean, there is a Saturday night ESPN Plus top-ranked card, which is going to be yes. in Mondale, Arizona. It's going to be awesome. Um, I don't see much on the undercard, but I see. A, I don't think really anybody cares about that. It's one of the young, unproven guys. Manuel Navarrete, Oscar Valdez, the super featherweight WBO title is on the line here. It's gonna be an awesome fight. They're both they're both awesome. I mean, they throw like twelve hundred strikes a fight, which is fucking crazy. Um, Navarrete, the slight underdog, kind of interesting. I kind of want to take a shot on him to win, um, but I don't know. I don't know. Oscar Valdez has definitely um, 
fought the better competition, went the distance with Shakur Stevenson. But his last fight against Adam Lopez went the distance. Didn't think he looked great. I think, honestly, after that Burchelt knockout, his stock has kind of gone a little bit down. Maybe he peaked a little bit too much. But either way, I like Navarrete here. I think Navarrete's going to win a close one. Um, but, man, it's going to be a really – it's going to be a banger. Saturday night, 7 p.m., I think the fight should probably start at, like, 10, maybe, uh, maybe a little later. But if you're not doing anything, tune in right after the UFC card. Yeah, UFC will be done. There really won't be anything uh, combat-wise going, going on at that point. It's football so. preseason, but, like, Who you know, cares? give me a break. Yeah, get real. If you're watching preseason, you're a fucking idiot. Sorry, I had to say that. I, I hate to turn off some of the viewers, but uh, you're a moron. Seriously, you, what are you getting out of it? Unless you're gambling on it. And then you you have bigger problems. But that that is, I, I am not going to hate because I have gambled on some preseason football because there's nothing else on. I don't blame you. It happens. Yeah. But ladies yeah. and gentlemen, this has been the Shoulder Strikes MMA Podcast. We'll be back Next week, we will talk about the Navarrete Navarrete fight. We will talk about the Joshua fight. We will talk about the uh, Vicente Luque. We'll talk about Juliana Miller. We'll talk about all of it when we come back next week, and we will have all of the results and all of our bets and all this money that we have won after we hit all of these bets. And we'll give out some contender series picks. I yeah. think this week's going to be pretty good. The, the main event is the best lightweight uh, in Cage Warriors. And then the UK, George Hardwood, he's actually pretty solid. Um, and then there's a couple of guys on this contender series card that are from Turkey that have scary nicknames. Uh, the last Ottoman and the Anatolian wolf. <laughs> Jesus. All right, let's go, man. We'll- and then we have a kid who looks like he's 16. Uh, the baby killer. He actually looks like he's 16. The contender so, series we'll is back. <laughs> We're back, baby. We're back. Last, baby. The first week was boring, but week two is going to be promising. Rachmanov, Shavkat sister is going to be on week eight. So that's fun. Oh my God. Really? She's terrifying, yeah. Her last name's Rachmanova, so not sure how that works. But All right, well, ladies and gentlemen, as always, we, we are out of here, but uh, Ty will leave you with one final tidbit of advice. Lil Tay is not dead, so RIP Lil Tay. Uh, I want to rescind that from last week's episode. Long and, live um, Lil Tay. Long live her death. Short-lived. <laughs> <laughs>